0: Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk and Happy New Year. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Hasib Awan, who is the CEO of Ifani. And we're going to be talking about Ifani's secure private cell phone services that help protect people against SIM swaps, eavesdropping, and location tracking. We're also going to be talking uh, some about some of Haseeb's previous experience at uh, Bitcoin ATM and and then some future products that uh, Ifani is going to be um, launching. But first off, let me welcome Haseeb. How are you today, Haseeb?
1: I'm good. Uh, pretty good here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and I looked at your LinkedIn profile. It says that you're based down in the Bay Area?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm greater Bay Area. We make a joke about it okay
0: (laughs) well we're on the same coast right now we've been hit by like two weeks of rain well actually it's been like five weeks of rain but the last 10 days of snow how 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 are things down there
1: uh so i actually came back from puerto rico yesterday um last night i came so um it i don't know how the weather was last week but i assume it was good because i heard good things but today it's pretty cloudy overcast and the week before we yeah we had almost raining for two weeks now.
0: Yeah. Well, I've never been to Puerto Rico. What's what's it like?
1: This is my first trip, too. Like, it's an island. Um, I think it will be turning into, like, a Singapore or Dubai for U.S. Um, So massive influx of capital, massive influx of people there. uh, Because of tax reasons, I'm happy to go over that, too. But um, I think Puerto Rico will be the place to be. Uh, People say, oh, you know, like, being in Puerto Rico will... Turned into a status symbol, and not just status symbol. It would turn into a, a massive influx of uh, intellectual brains from across the world, or at least from that, the U.S.
0: That's amazing. That's the first time that's popped up on my radar. Um, I've lived. In, I actually lived in Singapore for four years, and I totally get that and what they're trying to do. But if you are, I, you know, because Singapore got excuse me, uh, Puerto Rico yeah. got hit really hard a few years ago with the um, the hurricane and they had a lot of infrastructure damage but it's nice to hear that uh, there's an influx of capital and and businesses Now is the government driving that by by offering like um some some sort of tax haven
1: yeah yeah basically so if you live in puerto rico there's zero capital gain tax there's zero dividend tax so and if you have a company registered in puerto rico i think you pay like two percent tax for the first five two years or three years or something and after that you pay four percent for the rest of the rest of the life
0: that's um that's amazing. It's really um, I guess encouraging to see when when governments kind of figure things out and they're like, okay, you know, if we want to pull businesses here, let's put together an attractive package and um, and see what works. And you see a lot of global businesses that are that are they're moving where where they're welcome. So that's that's encouraging.
1: Certainly, like look at uh, you said you were in Singapore, right? If you look at Singapore, like what do Singapore have? They just created a very uh, good environment for businesses to thrive. So. Business is based on the mines, right? You track like twenty thousand top guys in U.S., and they go there. They built an entire city, island, um, similar in Dubai too. Like, what does Dubai produce? Like, Dubai doesn't have anything to export. Like, you know, like what does Dubai right. manufacture? But every main head office in Dubai.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the. Um... I guess the formula for success. If you if you don't have any natural resources or you don't have some t- type of homegrown industry, um you have to you have to kind of open the doors and and get things going. So that's uh, that's that's encouraging and it's something that I'm gonna I'm gonna look into uh, you, a- a- after uh, after we get done talking today. Actually, so yeah,
1: sure. um, actually I officially have moved to Puerto Rico.
0: Oh really? Okay. So yeah. you, you in terms of your business or your personal residence as well?
1: Personal residence as well.
0: Okay, that's. I'm just uh,
1: here to take care of some stuff, but yeah, Puerto Rico is my uh, official residence now. And
0: do you speak Spanish?
1: Uh, no, I don't speak Spanish at all.
0: Is it is it okay? I mean, are, do are, can you get by with English?
1: Oh, hundred percent. You can get okay. by, right? Absolutely, absolutely. There's no issue at all. Um, actually, I don't think so. Like a lot of people who are living from the ma- mainland do not speak Spanish at all. Um, so yeah, the Spanish is not a big issue.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Again, it's something I'm definitely going to look into. Hey, um, so before we go too much farther, why don't you tell us a little bit about Ifani?
1: So easiest example of Ifani, like think about your cell phone carrier that you have right now, but secure and private. Uh, so right now, when you go to a cell phone, you want to buy like a SIM card, you go to a store and you say, I want to have a SIM card. So the only thing they sell you on, hey, we are the most cheapest one. And that's pretty much, frankly, the priority for 99.99% people. Um, but the way they make money is by selling you and your data. Uh, also that uh, they don't have any security standards. And if you have to run right now, the only thing you'll walk away with is a cell phone. If you have one option to pick up, you'll probably walk away with your cell phone. Uh, so something that you spend six to seven hours is not secure. Um, so and that was- so let,
0: me, let me just stop you right there. When you said that they're selling it cheap because they're in exchange for giving you a cheap SIM card, they are selling your data. What kind of data would they be selling?
1: So it depends. Uh, It depends on your telephone number record, like, you know, where you are. Uh, There's a lot of, like, uh, locations that are being sold uh, where your information can be shared by potential advertisers. Uh, But more than that, it's also, if you give me a telephone number, I can possibly pull up uh, where you live and there are some companies who also can pull up your social security number. Um, if you look at terms and condition, I think it was Google Fi, and they specifically say that the data that you see on your phone and the data that appears in our network is different because we sell data. That's pretty much in the terms of condition or something. So, um, uh, so I'll give you a simple example. If you put like a data monitoring app on your phone and you will see that you have consumed one gigabyte of data. And if you go online and you actually match it, the online will show a different story because they will send 10% data to anyone who buys it. Uh, So if you say, I want a data of people in this locality, they will give you their data.
0: Interesting, interesting. Okay, so they can uh, when you go in and you buy a cheap uh, SIM card, they're going to get your data and they're going to resell it. And then you you also mentioned that they're they're basically not secure. What are the security or attack vectors in a SIM card? What what you know? What should you be concerned about?
1: So there are like dozen of them, but the easiest one is like you know SIM swapping, which is pretty common. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard about much about SIM swap. Um, but unless you're uh, you're living under the rock and you're not in crypto, uh, people don't know what SimSup is. So the easiest thing is uh, pretend that you are with uh, Xfinity or ABC cell phone company, right? Let's just put it this way. And you pretend that, oh, I'm Mark and this is my ID. I lost my SIM card. So they will just go uh, make, oh, sorry, Mark, you lost the SIM card. Uh, this is the new SIM card. Uh, and that's it. So the person who owns the actual mark uh, does not even know this happened on his behind. Yeah, but how, and,
0: how 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 can that happen? Like you're saying that I can just walk into the uh, Xfinity store, or I would contact them online and say, I mean, because at that point, you would think that somehow somebody would have to have compromised my account, um, and and you know show some kind of identification. You know, what's right. what's the process?
1: So it depends, like, so there's a dark web market. Uh, we are all aware of what happened on Silk Road, but similar to Silk Road, there are thousands of marketplaces. And on those marketplaces, you can actually buy someone's SIM card um, data. So you say, I want to SIM up this telephone number. Now someone who works in a store for $10 an hour or $6 an hour, uh, they will say, okay, you know, I'm selling this information. So what will happen is he will have access to change anyone's SIM card. So if you pay him like a $200, he will just swipe your number and give it to someone. He will do like 10 dollars dollars per day, make three $4,000 per day. And you probably lost all your money. And the person will say, oh, someone just scammed me because he came to the store. Well, actually, no one came to the store. So there's two ways. One is social engineering, um, where someone will just pretend to be you, make a fake ID. Uh, like if you give me your telephone number, I can actually tell you uh, which state do you not- live in.
0: I'm not giving you my telephone number.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> certainly. But if you give, if you find your telephone number, you can find like go on YellowPages.com or there's a lot of websites which sell your personal information. So if you go there, you put your telephone number, it will display where you live, and based on that, you can fake an ID, uh, make a fake ID for like ten dollars online, and take that ID and take go to a store and you can someone be, can pretend to be you. Now, obviously, if I walk in the store pretending to be Mark, they can say, "Oh, you don't look like a Mark." But uh, but that's what happens. So that's one thing. Second thing is they just call call centers uh, with a crying baby on the background and you know making up things. Oh, I lost my SIM card, and give couple of pieces of information, um, and they are able to convince the guy that you know you are the real Mark, and the tra- and the person transfer the number. So that's the second way. Third way is just by bribing people, uh, which is the online market. So if you go online and you say. Uh, I want to SIM swap this number. Uh, so someone there will say, okay, I'm, it's like eBay for illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone will say, okay, you know, I charge $200 to SIM swap someone. And wow. uh, they will SIM swap you. And in some cases, you probably do not even know after for four or five hours because it may happen at night or may happen while you're traveling. Um, yeah, so that's about it.
0: Okay, so that brings up a, a bunch of other questions. Um, so first off, once you've been SIM swapped, what yeah. what, is the, what are the bad guys going to do with with your SIM?
1: So think about it. So the first thing, plan of action is they're getting into your email account. So, so the most common is like Gmail or I would say like Yahoo, Hotmail, like four or five bigger email accounts. So they will go there. And at that point, because so first of all, um, let's go into how they find that who to target. Okay. Right so uh, you know i don't want to make you uncomfortable i'll just use like you know a mark, mark right uh, <laughs> i'm so, feeling oh, vulnerable here, but go ahead okay so <laughs> why don't we say like jennifer right oh okay so, that's be- much better but, thanks yeah so <laughs> uh, sorry for jennifer on the call <laughs> if listen, but, um anyway so long story short is that uh, uh, there's a list of people uh, who are crypto holders i'll just give you an example like similar to you buy a listing uh, you can buy a list of people who are crypto holders in US. It come with their address, it come with their email address, it come with their physical address, their uh, subcase social security number, and tele- name and everything. So now you have all the data that you need to do identity theft on someone. So I got a Jennifer data. So what people do is normally they will pick up the uh, 50 or like a thousand people list, and they will uh, they will have bots which will classify people based on the earnings so they will look at a zip code and they'll find okay you know i want to find zip code where people live uh, make an average of 150000 dollar per year just making up things and so they will filter out okay there are 100 people who are there who live this man this man thing so they will now just create fake ids or call the guys depending on how much they want to spend and how fast they want to move um like they make and go through like a Uh, eBay, like you know, eBay for illegal stuff, which is dark web and say, I want to SIMS out these 10 people. So now they have their email address, they have their number and everything. So they go to their Gmail account and say, I want to do a password reset. And how do you do password reset? The first question they ask you, oh, uh, sorry, do you have your telephone number? You said, yes, I have my telephone number. You put the telephone number in, boom, they send you information on how to reset your password, because they got a code. And now they're into your email address and then they go into a telephone number. Uh, they have your telephone number too, so any notification that's supposed to go to your Gmail will come to them. Any notification on the telephone comes to you. Then they go into your bank account, um, and then they will also go into crypto. So they will have run a bot, like a macro, which will search for like Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, every exchange in America, or wherever the person is, and find out where you have a bank, where you have an account. Then also look for bank accounts that you have start logging into everyone, and start, and then they have a process to basically steal money. Um, and within 30 minutes, you're pretty much out of everything. Um, so it takes longer 30 minutes. And then the second part they do is they go into your uh, like iCloud, if they can log in, uh, try to steal your picture for blackmailing later on. So you cannot go to COPS because if you go to COPS, they'll say, okay, you know, I have um, this information. And if you go to COPS, I'll basically blackmail you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third is they go into social media and try to download all the history within like half an hour, an hour. So by the time you get hold of a cell phone carrier or Gmail or someone, you're already done.
0: Well, that's a, that's a pretty bleak and dark picture there. Um, before we talk about Ifani's kind of solution, let's just assume that this happens to somebody. And I, I think I read in an article that this has happened to you, um, I think, on more than one, one occasion. So... For- I'm sorry?
1: Four times. Happened to me four
0: times. Four times. times. Wow. Um, so what do you do? If you suspect this has happened, and you and you mentioned that it could happen at night while you're sleeping, so maybe your phone, you don't notice that your phone is not working until you wake up in the morning. I assume that's the first signal is that you you try to use your phone and it's it's not functioning correctly. Um, what do you do?
1: Uh, frankly, it takes you a bit of time to see that uh, you know, like if you are actually hacked. Because I'll give you an example. Like a lot of things that you do on the phone uh, are not on the phone anymore. So, like if you have to like use internet, use you, like you're not on the phone. Like either you're using iMessage, which requires internet, so you're in home, you're connected to Wi-Fi, so you don't even notice for maybe uh, 10 to maybe a couple of hours at times. Uh, so what happened after that is, first of all, you go into denial mode, and you don't know what happened. And you believe okay you know your cell phone coverage is down or something and you don't notice it till you actually are very particular about checking your email or calling or someone so a lot of people don't even know what happened and even if they do like how would you contact gmail today right like, what, what, like think about it like okay your gmail account has been hacked someone into your facebook account what do you do you can't do anything you will go to the website and say hey i'm mark i basically lost my facebook account mm-hmm. Uh, help me out and you may get an answer within two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I guess this is why that a a lot of banks and other institutions are encouraging their customers to use other forms of multi factor authentication other than just a, a a text to the mobile phone. Uh, because if 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 your way of authenticating is a text to your phone and your phone's been hacked, or you've you know been a victim of a sim, sim swap, you're not getting in. Um, but I guess if you've got a token or you've got an authenticator app, that would like in that case, possibly prevent the hackers from accessing your account?
1: Ah uh, partially, yes. So that's correct, like you know, because but a lot of banks do not offer. Uh, like token kind of thing. Like I use hardware key. I don't know of any bank in US which offers hardware key authentication. Um, So the problem is that uh, also about convenience. So people prefer convenience over everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why people use SMS. So I'll give you a simple example. I think one of the major exchanges, I don't want to take the name, but I think 95 percent of people had SMS 2FA till a year ago. I don't know the latest stats. But Twitter actually came there SM uh, after their two FA thing, and they said I think 97% of people do not have any two FA, so like only 3% of people have two FA or something, a very like little, very little number. So don't please quote me on that. But very little number, and I think among them 95 or 96% of people use SMS as a two FA. So in theory, probably 0.01 or 0.02% people used. Uh, like a token with as authenticator, because it's it's the work, right? You have to type in a key every time where people don't want to do that. People use the same password over and over here for tens of years. So it's convenience part. Uh, an education is needed, but ultimately, you know uh, everyone technical information, everyone uh, intellectual level is totally different.
0: Sure, sure. Now, I, we recommend that you know one of the, the, the most important things you can do to secure your accounts is to use some some version of M- MFA. But you're you're making me think um, really seriously about not using SMS and in using some type of authenticator app always, which I typically do. But I I think there are still some some laggard situations where I'm just using the SMS. Um, so let me let me ask you. So how does uh, Ivani? Prevent
1: sim swaps? So, when I was sim swap four times, you know, like I basically, I'm a telecom engineer, and I said, okay, man, what the hell is happening here? Because it's uh, very, 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 uh, uh, very, it, it was very rough for me, to be honest. And I talk about this like, you know, now I'm used to, uh, you know, talking about it, it become very emotional for me whenever I used to talk because, frankly, it affected my mental health. And I'll give you a simple reason. I couldn't go for camping. I couldn't go in um, on the planes, uh, you know, and I couldn't go on in the basement because like think about it. Like yesterday I was, I was flying and I had like six and seven hours of flights. And if it was like before Defani, I would be terrified that the moment I land, my sims would be swept because you have absolutely no information of what's happening behind you. Uh, so you can't check. So if you're going camping and you do not get coverage, i'll uh, i was terrified that i don't know what's happening with my phone so uh, so it basically turned out to be like kind of a very very painful experience for me that you don't trust the the thing that you use the most and i'll give you right. this example about i didn't lose any money but i lost my sanity <laughs> and, yeah. and and i'll give you a simple example like think about uh, and think for a second about you come home every day, and the reason I ask is because a lot of people say, oh, you don't lose any money. What happens if someone gets your account? I said, but think about this. You come every day, and there's a picture, there's like a paper on your couch saying I was here. The guy came and didn't take anything. How would you be able to sleep at night? If someone broke into your house, so for me, my security is about like a a fort that felt like a castle, and someone was breaching the castle all the time. And despite I had every possible measurement, like you know firewall, like you know VPN, a hardware key, like you name it, everything had. Uh, and then the ba- the fort was being breached all the time. And that yeah, turned mean- into uh, a very painful experience for me.
0: And so, so what did you come up with?
1: So That's I said I want to set up a career where I will basically be my own career. So I said, what's the first of all? I fixed like what's the problem? The problem is that carriers do not care about you, you know. So that was one thing that happened, and uh, and they are built for everyone. So now we have specialized things uh, for, we can build specialized so things called MVNO. So if you go to like Cricket Wireless and like there are dozen of other carriers. Uh, the people you can buy in Walmart which are cheaper carrier. I said, why is there a carrier for slightly more important people? So I said, okay, we are a Verizon for rich people. Just to just to give you example. And we will only cater to people who are important. Uh, we'll charge them slightly higher than the premium than the market, but we'll not sell the data. And the motto was pretty much you are the consumer, not a product. And the second thing was we guarantee you get SimSwap protection. So if you happen to have a SimSap, uh, we will take care of it. Um, so that's what happened. And the third part was that what happened with us was uh, I took insurance policy for five million dollars. That said for some reason we fail, for some reason uh, there's a five million dollar insurance that it protect you against any losses. And uh, so this was simple business model. We didn't was we were not innovative on. Oh, you know we need to have a. Um, you know we were not innovative on. Hey, can you have a device? Can you have family packages? Can you reduce that? Now we said we'll only give you one cell f- phone plan, but secure, and that turned out to be a hit, and uh, we grew 200 times last year, and I think this okay. year we grow similar, almost this year too.
0: So basically, you're you're issuing your own SIM cards, right? Correct. And and through using that SIM card, you ac- your customers can access some mobile network that's correct okay and what you're saying is in other cases um, they might call one of the major uh, cell providers and somebody could use social engineering or bribery or one of the other techniques that you mentioned to to get a new or replacement sim card but in your company's case you have extra layers of protection, so that if if so, if somebody tried to if if I tried to impersonate you and say, hey, uh, this is Hasib, and I lost my SIM card, can you send me a new one? Um, they, your company has some checks and balances in place to prevent that. Is that is that the?
1: Absolutely, what exactly. That's what exactly it exactly Uh which means the single person in company would never do a uh, a change. So if something happens. Um, we basically go through a rigorous because we believe it's a fraud. And then we go through a rigorous check and everything to ensure that we even go up to where people have to sign like an affidavit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's what happened. And uh, uh, and yeah, we make sure that mm, there's no funny business going on.
0: Do you do some type of uh, video call with oh, the person? Yeah,
1: we, we do not just video call. We actually send them to a notary public. Wow. Where okay. they have to send a notary public, they have to go sign, authorize, write an affidavit that it's me. Uh, I live on this this address, this county, and I verify that okay, I'm this person. The person is checking. So that basically reduces our risk of fraud. And then we obviously we do our IPs. Okay, this person was in, uh, you, you know, like we sold the connection to Miami, but what this person is doing in New York right now? Right. You know why right. New York? And you know okay, what's the credit card he had? Did he still have the same credit card? Uh, we will issue like a small uh, refund on your credit card. Uh, and you say, okay, what was the amount of the credit card? And then you say, okay, this was the amount. We send you like a physical registered mail uh, with a code on it. So you will check the mail and you say, okay, this was the code So verify that's your address. Um, so we can call you on the number and we say, hey, this mark. So we verify that you actually have access. So we do a lot of things. We also think that the person is being kidnapped right now. So we also consider that uh what will be going in his head if someone holding a gun on his head and so we try to delay the process and sometimes it takes 14 days to to release a number
0: yeah I was just going to ask you about that I mean how much time does it take Uh, and that that I guess potentially could be an issue but if you're balancing time and convenience versus security and peace of mind um, I think a lot of people are going to opt for this security and peace of mind Uh, Tell me a little bit about how your service prevents eavesdropping or actually how does eavesdropping take place over, you know, just typical cell phones and then also talk uh, a little bit about location tracking.
1: Sure. So first of all, we certainly are not for everyone and we make it very clear that we are not for everyone. If find it's only for important people and we specifically tell uh, that, uh, you know, like there's a likelihood of chance that I'm talking to someone and he's not our client. So we do ask people not to buy the service um, uh, if they don't need it because the super high protection that's not needed for everyone. And the second protection that you talk about, we went even far that we don't even sell it to everyone. Uh, the eavesdrop and it's called black sales protection. And the reason we don't sell it for everyone is because not everyone needs it. Um, and we have a lot of OPEX and everything, so I would say like it's 0.999, i will say 0.01 percent who people who need it. So our customers generally include like celebrities, uh, TV uh, artists, like you know athletes, uh, C-level executives, politicians, these are our customers for that. So it's a different, uh, so we don't offer it by just going to the website and buy, you have to actually come in. We have to verify that you actually need the protection before we can offer it to you. And so the question around is, uh, eavesdropping so the easiest way to eavesdrop someone is by having an mg, MG catcher also called stringer device um, it's approximately size of your cell phone um, the way it works is for for a convenience um, you may have heard about like signal booster that people have in your house sure so think about it you have signal boosters and uh, in your house and one of them is rogue which means that whatever signal you get, it basically pass on to a third party. So that's what basically is ease, ease to uh, signal eavesdropper does. Uh, they are rogue cell phone towers because your cell phone will connect to the nearest tower or the strongest tower. So someone can come to your house and install a signal, uh, you know, booster. But that signal booster is not actually a signal booster. It's basically a rogue way for people to connect. Uh, to rogue rogue way for people to. Uh, monitor your communication. So if you call someone, it will send one call to the person you call, but the other call may go to the person that they want this data to be sent. And uh, So this is MZ Catcher. It's illegal to use in US. But if you Google for stringer device and other thing, you'll find out that how common and how cheap it is to build. It's perfectly legal to sell in US. So you can literally go online and buy it and set it up in your house. Obviously, it's not legal to eavesdrop on someone, but perfectly legal to um, use it, um, you know, for test purpose and everything. And you know, like like gun. Yes, you go with the proper law, but anyone who has to abuse it will abuse it. Right. That's what way it does. So uh, for rich people and I'll say important people, rich actually is not the right word. Uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, but like for people with sensitive information, uh, like if you're a lawyer or you're a politician, someone can come to your house or install something like that, and you probably would not even know that this thing is installed in your house. So that is picking up all your conversation and sending it to the people they want so they can uh, listen to your calls like you know conversation uh, your sms messages and a lot and data mostly and then can use it against you whenever they need
0: also pretty scary stuff um and and, and how does the location tracking work with on a traditional or just you know common mobile phone versus um and and, and how do you prevent that
1: Correct. So think about us like a firewall, um, similar to like firewall you have on 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 right now on the traffic. So internet, uh, right now you don't have any firewall when it connects to internet. So our system, think about like easiest ways to, we are a firewall between you and the cell phone tower. So any traffic that goes in, anything that comes in, and anything that goes out, we monitor that, and you can set up your own settings. So we do a much rigorous job of testing those things. Um, which isn't possible for a traditional carrier, which I'm happy to explain. But location tracking. So first is location tracking. Location tracking is uh, I want to see where you are. And you can basically, uh, your phone will, it's like a ping response. I ping your phone and your ping will tell me that where you are. So easiest way for that is if you have pixel, uh, some people have pixel in their email. So when you open the email, it'll tell you where your email has been opened. It gives you a record because a small pixel, similar to that pixel, you also have, People send you pictures, and when pictures get sent, it's actually being downloaded from the internet. So whenever the picture get downloaded, it actually tells your location to someone that, okay, you know, I'm here. And that's a pretty rogue way to do that. So there's a chance that someone that you know or someone that's close to you is basically trying to find your location to do that. So that's one way. So we block that. But the second thing is um, we all have heard Amber Alerts. Have you got Amber Alerts recently, or have you yeah. ever got? Yeah. So the way Amber Alert works is it basically says, anyone in this specific area, uh, I want to send them a text message. So this can be used by a lot of agencies, but it can also be misused too. So there's something called silent SMS where it's like Amber Alert but it doesn't notify your phone. And it just pings you that where you are right now. So it's easily also used for roaming data too, whenever you roam on a network. But the simple simplification is that a cell phone tower will hit your phone, and say where you are. And uh, based on that, we will tell that Mark is on this coordinate right now. Um, and that's very easy way to, uh, to, to track someone. And this is a very high level attack. Uh, so we have heard about people being killed, ransomware or like, you know, general location tracking uh, where people want to find out where someone is. So that's what they use. So if you, have a specific person number, you can exactly find out where he is within a few meters of distance of problem. And that's why, you know, all, all those activities are carried upon by finding person location.
0: And, and, and how does how do you prevent that?
1: So the way it works is, like, you know, when traffic comes, it, it comes in a different uh, packet. So, like, again, Jennifer is in Pennsylvania right now. So we may say, oh, she's in Tel Aviv right now. Um, because the cell phone company has to give a data that where this data is, and so we just send information based on client information. If the information is sent locally, we can actually uh, confirm if the request is legitimate or non-legitimate. If it's illegitimate request, we just block that, block that, uh, block that information request. Sorry. That
0: no, makes a lot of sense. Hey, y- you know. We've, we've already gone longer than I typically go on the, on these calls because the, the, you know, what you're talking about is, is it's the first time I've, I've talked about it on secure talk and it's fascinating. And I think it's really important information. Um, so b- before we wrap this up, I, I know that, you know, before we started talking, you'd mentioned that you're also launching a new service that would allow, um, customers to set up a cell phone tower in their own residence or maybe a virtual cell phone tower How, can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so a simple example is uh, you have a private uh, personal wi-fi at your house i'm correct hello yes I'm, I'm i'm here yeah so you have a personal wi-fi router at your house right which you use you have set up your own password and everything and that's what you use um but if it comes to cell phone tower you use a public wi-fi so Easiest analogies right now. You are using a pers- pri- pers- public Wi-Fi network, which is obviously not secure, not built for you, and it's uh, certainly not private. So the clients we deal with normally they live in ranches or they live in a very high secure building where their cell phone no coverage, or they don't want their coverage to go outside. So I'll just pick up an example about like ABC Corporation have ten thousand employees, and they want to say that okay. Jennifer is calling uh, Jenna, and uh, right now what happened is the communication leaves the building, hit a public tower, come back, and while they are next to each other, so why should the call leave the, the building at all? So there are two things in a cell phone t- industry which is pretty easy for the sake of convenience. One is um, antenna, which is called RAN, radio access network, and second is the, t- is the server. So, what we are saying is, we are actually building this for some corporations where they can set up their own cell phone towers uh, for their own corporation. Like, thinking about like, uh, easier technologies, like rather than going public Wi Fi, they're using private Wi Fi. So, we said, why don't you use private uh, cell phone tower as well? So, if you are an ABC corporation, you will use it for intercommunication. But as soon as you leave, leave the building, you have to connect to the regular cell phone tower uh, without disconnecting. Um, so it's called private LTE as well. So while we start building it for corporations, we realize that we can actually make it more like a home home commodity as well. Uh, so you can install a cell phone tower in your house and be your own cell phone carrier. Now the benefit is that I have a cell phone tower and you have a cell phone tower, the communication just stays between the network. And because it stays between the network, we can actually give you reward you in terms of cash back because we don't have to pay the cell phone carrier that we use anymore. So I said, Mark pays $100 per month. Uh, why don't I give reward Mark for the coverage that is done within his own network to reward him for the work he's doing? And the benefit that we get is that we start to build a network of slightly uh, high, better traffic, more secure traffic uh, for others too. So if I end up in your house, I'm using your cell phone tower. Technically, Ifani is paying you on behalf of me um, for the same... Money that we are paying our other carriers.
0: Wow, that's that's a lot to, to to think about here. So, I mean, how many cell phone towers have you placed in companies and or personal residences?
1: So, uh, for the corporations, we have uh, hard to give you a number because, to be honest, like you know, it's a uh, a lot of this information confidential too. But we are super early. You know, so it's mm-hmm. not like we have millions of devices out there. But other than that, if you're talking about like uh, personal, I think we should be placing around 10,000 devices within houses in the next six months. um And it's a small group of people that are already our clients, so we'll give them a cell phone tower test out. And and, uh, and
0: uh, if I understand the benefit of this correctly, if I uh, right now use my cell phone to make a call, I'm going to connect with my provider or whatever the local local closest public cell tower is, um, there's a chance that maybe my signal can get um, I- intercepted uh, or that that tower somehow could be um, compromised. But if I have my own tower, then I'm going from my tower directly to the network. Is Is that what you're
1: saying? That's correct. So rather than using a public tower, you use your own tower. And when you go outside, you'll, you'll work on a regular, you'll roam on a regular tower.
0: Okay. And the one thing I didn't understand, which, I mean, I understand the security side of it mostly, but what I don't understand is the uh, financial incentive.
1: So for financial incentive for Ifani is that we actually get paid a lot of, uh, uh, you know, like uh, if you're talking about like uh, us, we pay 60% of revenues to cell phone carriers today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't by eighty percent of the usage is done indoor. So I'm saying that if you're using cell phone indoor, I don't have to pay carrier anymore. So rather than paying carrier, I can actually give you a cashback. Ah, okay, of okay, got
0: you. so if if okay, so I was thinking of two different things here. but basically what you're saying is if I'm using um ifani as my cell provider, right? because i ha- I'm using your sim service, right? Um but, when I use your SIM service, you have to piggyback on the existing cell phone providers network and their cell phone towers, and you pay for that. But if I am using my own Ifani uh, branded or built cell phone tower in my home, um, then we're cutting out the the local cell phone tower. We're going directly to the network, and then that cuts down on your cost, and you pass some of those savings back on to me, the end user.
1: That's exactly correct, 100%.
0: Wow, I wasn't sure about it, but I'm glad you said yes. That sounds amazing. I I really like. I mean, you're thinking about all the security elements here, but you're also obviously thinking about the business business aspects as well. Hey, um, I again, I usually we wrap these things up in thirty to forty minute minutes. I I I sorry to keep you a little bit longer, but I do want to ask a little bit about your experience because in previously, um, you know, you were involved with a Bitcoin ATM. Yes, which, that's correct. Which was the um. I guess the largest Bitcoin ATM network was it Bitcoin Access or Bitcoin? Bit ATM? Access. Bit Access. Bit Access. Excuse me. So, um, which was the one of the largest Bitcoin ATM networks in the world? You had over eight thousand locations in fifteen countries. I know that a lot of people right now they look at Bitcoin um, in a couple different ways. And some people look at it as a speculative bubble that you know people because it's not really being used as um as a currency for transaction that's kind of the the, you know some of the the i guess the 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 detractors would look at it that way other people would argue that no it is being used and also you know just like gold you don't use gold to transact business but that doesn't take any way the the, away from the value of gold itself so there's all kinds of arguments around this but one of the I, i mean this is just curious who uses a bitcoin atm and what are they using it for are they using uh, it to
1: buy bitcoin or are they using it to sell it what are they doing uh both right so our machines were so first of all uh, just to be clear like i uh, i wasn't involved i'm not involved operationally with the business for the last five six years okay. i just co-founded it and uh, so i don't take the credit of the growth to be honest um, uh, i should be passed on to the people who work at the company right now uh, but for the reason why people use bitcoin atm it's just convenient uh, it's simple. Uh, people prefer cash, uh, and people a lot of people make instant decisions. So they say, okay, I want to buy Bitcoin. Um, what's the best way? They go on exchange. Uh, it requires a lot of KYC uh, procedure, which are counterintuitive for a lot of people. So you have to like scan your ID and everything. People feel more comfortable on going to an ATM and buying hundred dollar worth of Bitcoin.
0: Okay, so, so you so you buy the you buy the Bitcoin from the ATM, and then what do you have? How do you how oh, do yeah.
1: you, you actually have a Bitcoin that actually a lot of people ask that so uh, you can actually get a paper wallet on the machine or uh, you can scan your own wallet and we'll send you bitcoins to your wallet okay
0: and wh- while we got you talking on this subject your thoughts because you you mentioned earlier coinbase and, and i think you've mentioned a couple of the other exchanges but what are your thoughts on exchanges versus you know having your own wallet
1: Um. Uh, Ideally, it should be your own wallet, ideally. But the problem is that people don't understand how these machines work. Like, I remember people used to call us, oh, I lost my paper wallet. Uh, can I do, do a cashback? Like, you know, can I, a <laughs> oh new one? And <laughs> I People, one? Poor people. Yeah, like, I remember people crying on the phone that, hey, I, because a lot of this was generated on paper. And they said, oh, you know, it's like a bank account. I have a paper now, so I can come anytime. And they lost the paper. Oh, can I get a new paper? Um, Can I get a copy of it? No, we don't have a copy of it. Like, we don't keep it. And that was turned into very difficult situations because um, So that was the biggest challenge uh, that we had. Um, And I think that's still the challenge, to be honest. Uh, But now the education has gone up and people do lose. So I hear you know like people losing their bitcoins uh, wallets or access key at any time so ideally one should have their own storage but if you don't have your own storage you don't want to improperly use it because it hurt you more than it serves you mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know how to actually maintain it, so uh, similar to hardware wallets too you should know how to do that that's ideal. but if you don't know then go to an exchange uh, because they have security teams who are there to assist you and and basically, make sure you follow all the guidelines by setting up like app-based authentication. Obviously, I'm biased, but use like a service like Ifani uh, to secure your cell phone and and also secure your email address. And uh, between, like, frankly, like within five to ten minutes, you can be as secure as you can get.
0: Yeah, uh, that totally makes sense. And I like the analogy with uh, you know gun ownership. I mean, if you don't know how to use it, you haven't been trained, it could be dangerous. And, um, and the same with Bitcoin wallets, if you're, if you, if you're not careful with that piece of paper or that paper wallet, um, you, you know, maybe you should use an exchange. I, I, just feel bad for people that, um, and you hear stories, not just that, but obviously the, the stories about, you know, people's hard drive getting thrown into the dump and they're out there looking for it. And, you know, cause it's got hundreds of coins on it and so on and so forth. But, uh, well, Hey, Hasib, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, we've talked about some things that we've never talked about on Secure Talk before, and I think it's really, really important. I wish you the um, the best of luck with your with your move to Puerto Rico and uh, great success in 2022. Thank you so much for
1: coming on Secure Talk. Uh, thank you, Mark, for having me on the call.
0: Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools and technology related to cybersecurity and